My name is Shannon Lee, and I'll be your host today. In episode 14, we're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures that I find very fascinating. Um, we're going to start with 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. This is one of those scriptures that I've read before, but I had never stopped to grasp what it meant. I never fully understood what Paul was teaching here. And it's one of those scriptures that you read and maybe part of it makes sense to you, but then you just go on and you de- you tend, we tend to define it through our predetermined lenses. And we'll talk about that later. Anyways, 1 Corinthians 15.22 For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Now here we have an interesting teaching from Paul, and we use the first half of this scripture quite frequently. It's used to explain the condition of mankind that in Adam, we all died. We all inherited sin, the sin state, because of what Adam had done. And because Adam introduced sin and death, the consequences of sin and death were inherited or passed down to all humanity. This is something that we will hear on a regular basis on Sunday morning. But let's examine this verse a little further. So we understand that what happened in the Garden of Eden and the action of Adam brought the sickness or the disease of sin to humanity. But then the next part of the verse says, so also in Christ will all be made alive. So here we have the entirety of the human race because of Adam's sin being infected with the sin. And in the next part of the verse, Paul is comparing that and saying, so in a like manner, in the same way, in Christ, all will be made alive. The word all comes from the Greek word pas, and it's used twice in this verse. It's used once in all died, and then it's used once in all will be made alive. It's the same word, and it means the whole, every kind of. So it denotes a all-encompassing picture. On one hand, all had died. On the other hand, all will be made alive. The phrase, all will be made alive, comes from a single Greek word, zopeo. Now, this word is broken down into two parts. The first part, peo, which means to do or make. And the second word is zao, which means to live. It's the same. It's the root word for zoe, 
where we we have that Zoe life that we've talked about before, that life that God gives through Jesus Christ. And when you have these in connection with the Savior and his redeeming work, it is an all-encompassing, all-healing, all-restoring life. And this is the word that Paul uses here. He says, all will be made alive and in such a way that only Christ can do. Now, the problem with this is I've read the scripture so many times, but because of the lens of denomination or previous teaching or whatever you want to call it, I never properly interpreted the second part of this. I understood that I had I was born dead because of Adam. That's what I had been taught that mankind inherited sin, but I never understood that in Christ all would be made alive. What does that mean to you and I? And why do we attribute to what Adam did in the garden as being a stronger, more encompassing defeat than the victory, the awesome, amazing victory that Christ won at the cross. It's almost like we we take Adam's action and we say it was stronger because it applied to everyone. But at Christ, his victory on the cross only applies to those very few that receive it. Why does not all mean all in both cases? Why do we make Adam's all, all, but we make Christ's all very few? Because as you remember in earlier podcasts, we talked about the numbers and less than 20% of all of humanity, according to major denominational teachings, only 20% will actually make heaven their home. So thus, we have Adam's rebellion having a more lasting and powerful effect upon the human race than the victory that Christ won at the cross. Think about that. See, it's almost as if we act like Christ did not finish the job at the cross. We claim that Jesus defeated the enemy at the cross, but we act like he didn't really finish the job, that we have to somehow pick up where he left off to do what he couldn't do. And that's that's not Christianity at all. See, we need to stop defining Christ's victory through the lens of our denominational doctrines. If in Adam, we all, as in the entire human race, inherited sickness and disease of sin, then in Christ, the entire human race inherited the cure or righteousness, which means right standing with God. Paul continues his teaching and, or he teaches the same thing in another letter to the Romans 
And in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all mankind, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam into Moses, even over those who had not sinned, in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam, who is the type of him who is to come. But the gracious gift is not like the offense. For if by the offense of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, but on the one hand, the judgment arose from one offense resulting in the condemnation, but on the other hand, the gracious gift arose from many offenses resulting in justification. For if by the offense of the one, death reigned through the one, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one offense, the result was condemnation to all mankind. So also through one act of righteousness, the result was justification of life to all mankind. For as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the offense would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through the righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't know how Paul could have made this any more clear. He said it three different times through these scripture passages, and he made it very clear that through one man sin entered the world, but through one righteous act, through one righteous man, Jesus Christ, grace and life entered the world. We see here that Paul is trying to drive home the point that even though the offense, the sin, affected everyone, so did the grace and the gift It's not like the offense because it's so much more, because it's from God, and it was his son that brought the healing. I don't know how Christianity has missed this. How have we made this into an exclusive club where only a few people will actually make it and the rest will burn because of our denominational biases and opinions that were formed 
a few hundred years ago? How does that trump what Christ did 2,000 years ago? How do we make Adam sin? How have we glorified that over what Christ has done? Why do we not preach the true gospel, the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of love? People need to be told that God loves them and that he has already redeemed them and that they have a chance to live in that redemption and they no longer have to live a life in the lie of sin. That's the true gospel. We need to stop making it about works and about what we can do because Jesus did it already. Jesus already won. We are to live and rest in that victory. I hope this helped you today. And remember, God is madly in love with you. Until next time. Mm -hmm.